great day to flex your freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. Can you believe, I think any normal, sane person is sick to death of how cancel culture and wokeness have taken over not only the globe, but this country, which is supposed to be so free and so proud of our differences and diversity and one by one, we've watched people sort of cave over the year and choose compliance and silence in order to preserve their jobs or their relationships or their prestige or whatever it is that they are protecting that they value more than freedom. So we especially love when we connect with people who don't give a shit about any of that and are tired of complying and being silent and trying to encourage others to do so and putting everything on the line to speak up for what they know is right. And here with us today is somebody who's doing exactly that. Chris Martini, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me. So you're in the Hollywood industry, which um, um, people almost say with a shudder now, because <laughs> everybody <laughs> is, is kind of seeing behind the curtain of Hollywood. You know, back in the day, we didn't really know too much of what was going on. And I'm sure there's a lot we still don't know. But back in the day, we could just turn on movies or TVs and not really know the actors or the people who are involved in the films and where they stood, what their positions were, what their personalities were and all that. But now with social media in particular, we're getting to know these people that we see on our screens so much more. And we're getting to hear more of how people are being canceled and shut out of this industry. But you uh, have gone, really, you've gone all in uh, and you're just sort of, I guess it's in the family because your brother has done that too, you know, in his own career. But can you talk a little bit about some of the movies you've done? Trooper um, was a big one, right? And you have a, a music video you're producing coming up that honors Gold Star y of families and you've done so much more. So you want to talk a little bit about those? Uh, sure. My, uh, my first film out of, uh, film school was a short film called the stone child, which is actually about uh, a native American kid coming of age on the reservation that that was actually my, my first project. And, you know, I, I didn't even intentionally decide to make a film that could be considered woke. And I guess, I guess that was my, my wokest film without even knowing that I was doing it. It was just sort of a story that, that I wanted to tell. Um, so I, you know, I went out and I shot this film on an Indian reservation using uh, locals as actors and it, it did really well. Um, and I, I wanted to develop it into a feature. It was a short film. And I think through making that, I, I started to realize that I wasn't ever going to be part of the woke crowd, regardless of, of you know, the film that I make. And um, so that was sort of the beginning of a process of realization, uh, because I really wanted to make the feature version. And I got very close, you know, with the Sundance Institute and other places like that that are, you know, the, 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 the gatekeepers of this woke community. And, uh, you know, I, I think I realized I was never going to be part of that club, although they let, they let me in close. I got really close, you know, but in the past four or five years is, is when I realized, you know, how much they dictate who, who gets let in and who doesn't. So I realized, you know, that I was never going to be part of this, this woke crowd 
and because I had I'd gotten in the door, you know, it gave me a glimpse of what what was happening. And and I, I you know, if you're a filmmaker, you have you have two roads. You can either go the Hollywood route, which is not me. I've always worshipped filmmakers like John Cassavetes, independent filmmakers, guerrilla filmmakers, or you can go the uh, the woke route and that's you know that's you know applying for grants going to like you know you know hoping that sundance institute the sundance film festival tribeca these places let you in and um you know i just i i didn't fit in either place which is kind of how i got to where i am now and then my my next i've made films after that i'm happy to talk about any of them my my next film after that was trooper and uh, which was about uh, an Iraq vet who comes home from war. And I play him. Uh, I wrote, directed, acted, and it was very hard. I'll never do that again. But um, uh, he comes home and to his Vietnam veteran father who's dying of Agent Orange. And, um, and my brother, Max Martini, plays... Uh, my brother in the movie, he's still deployed. Um, but, you know, the, the movie did really well in military circles. And, you know, it was through making, it was a combination of through making that movie and realizing the apathy towards how veterans really sacrificed for us by the general public. That and 9-11, which really made me come into my own and one of want to develop my conservatism if if that's what you call it you know a little more yeah so there were a couple of key spots there that you that you pointed out um the different paths you could take uh, doing what you do and that's interesting because again if you're not in the industry you don't really understand how it works right so i don't know i turn on I go see a movie or turn it on. I just want to turn it on. I don't want to think about that. I got other things on my mind, right? That's you got, but all the behind the scenes stuff that you guys have to do that it takes to get that movie or that, uh, that show on the screen uh, is crazy. What would be your advice to somebody now? Because I'm seeing more things like documentaries and films based on true stories, right? Based on veterans. I just went to a screening of one last week out there in Dallas and what would be your advice to somebody who is doing a film like Trooper uh, in order to, uh, to, to have the biggest reach? What, what are some things that some lessons maybe that you learned along the way that could help them? So, you know, just, just going back, I'll answer the question, but going back a little bit to where we were before in terms of two roads, and this might answer the question also, but, yeah. um, you know, when, when you make a film, you're talking, if you make a, a good film, a decent film that's meaningful, uh, you're looking at more than five years of your life, I think, you know, uh, because, you know, depending on how quick, quickly you can write a script, you know, a, a script could take, a good script could take a year to make. And then to raise the money to make a movie could take another, you know, two or three years that that that's what takes the most time is finding the money and then you know shooting it can be done in like a month or so you know and th then you're in editing for you know probably at least another good six months i would say if you're lucky so you know you're talking about and then selling it 
festivals getting distributed. You know, you live with this thing for so many years. And that's why it's it's so if you're not going the Hollywood route, it's so devastating when after so many years you get so close with the festivals, but they don't, you know, you have to ask yourself, why are the big ones not taking it? And I think there's, there's so many politics and there, there's so many gatekeepers, people that control, you know, what we see on that side. And they're all embedded with Hollywood, all the film festivals, they, they have deals with agents, you know, so as an American filmmaker, you're fighting for, you know, one or two spots as an independent filmmaker because they've given away all these other spots to, you know, Hollywood films with celebrities that are going to show up on the red carpet. And, you know, then there's this whole globalism trend. You know, they've got to show a, a film from Israel. They've got to show a film from Palestine, you know, so... You know, they, they claim to support independent filmmakers, but they really don't. And you're you're fighting for one or two spots. And it's it's the biggest lottery anyone could ever play. And they're going to give away those spots to, you know, the kid from the Bronx with no money that made his, his film, you know. So it, it, it's not really a system that supports independent film and American independent filmmaking. So, you know, but me... I'm in love with making movies and I'll carve my own road. And that's where I'm at now. Now I'll, I'll answer your question. And it really is about just getting your film seen, you know? So if, if my films are going to show on Newsmax or something, that's great. You know, I mean, you want people to see it regardless of, you know, it's pretty sad that they're not going to see it in movie theaters movie theaters are slowly being eradicated. And that's, that's a, a sad thing as a filmmaker because you want to see your work on the big screen. But, um, you know, I would just, I would, just, my advice is to filmmakers is just, you know, pick the right story, you know, and, and pick the story that you want to tell and not, uh, am I freezing? Nope. Okay. Pick the story that you want to tell and not the story that other people want you to tell, you know? So that, that would be my biggest thing. And that, you know, I, I, you know, my father was an artist. He always said, make your film contemporary. I think it always helps if your film is about something that people are going or dealing with on a daily basis, you know? And then the other thing is, is that, you know, it's a long, hard road and, and, you got to you got to stick with it and all the other things which are obvious you have to learn your craft you have to watch movies you have to love movies if you don't love movies if you don't watch movies there's there's no reason for you to make them you know otherwise you're just making it for your you know your your narcissism or something you know <laughs> i don't know if i answered it but yeah you did so i mean that just does it sounds like although that stuff all sucks, all those hurdles and steps and all that. It sounds like it sort of would cull the herd because it, it sounds like something that most people would just give up on. Yeah, no? I, I went I, I went to NYU film school and I had a whole class of people that that uh that you know that I some of some of which I kept in, in touch with. 
And, you know, they're, they dropped like flies, you know, many of them went into real estate or something else, something lucrative or something smart yeah. like law, but those things were never fun to me, you know, and it's not my passion. I come from a family of artists, so I want to create and, you know, this is, this is what I do. So, you know, and, and the other thing is that I'm stubborn. And when somebody tells me not to make a film, I, that's when I go and make that film, you know, so it's like Butch Cassidy, tell me, tell me to do something, I'll do the opposite, you know. Um, well, speaking of, you have one recently completed, right? That was, we were going to come to your debut, your screening, whatever, in down there, I think on Staten Island, but then that was canceled because you had some bigger, better things come up, right? You want to talk about Relentless Patriot? Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, so, I guess that project started at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, just let me know if I cut out and I'll, I'll repeat, but um, that pro project started at the beginning of the pandemic. I had a pr production company in Midtown and we were making sort of the money to do our own projects uh, by doing corporate videos and just, you know, boring stuff. That, so, but the, the pandemic killed my company, our client kind of disappeared. And so I closed the business. My partner and I split our camera gear and he got half, I got half. And, and, um, so, you know, I was sitting, I had a baby coming. So I was sitting around kind of with my cameras documenting my, my, my wife's pregnancy and sort of the birth of our child. And, and then, um, then, you know, the, the George Floyd riots started happening and, you know, I was watching, on TV, uh, you know, politicians fomenting the public to go destroy our cities. And, and that, uh, that could be the very thing that made me start to come out and be vocal as a conservative. I mean, you just, you get to a point where, you know, how, how are you going to, we live in the freest country on earth. I'm not going to live in silence, especially when I, you know, make a living in the arts where our, 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 we're awarded this freedom so that we can express ourselves. So it was during that time I started to develop a, um, like a conservative document docu series. So I've been shooting interviews with like well-known conservatives and, my my landlord, who is a conservative, my landlord in New York is from Staten Island. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, but he's a conservative. He said, you got to go interview this guy, Scott Lebedo, this crazy artist activist. So I went to Staten Island. I interviewed Scott Lebedo. It was the longest interview of my life. It was almost two hours, but the guy couldn't shut up. And But he was he was talking about, you know... I'm half Italian, so I also love Italians. I love, you know, uh, I'm an Italian citizen. Uh, I have a place in Italy. I'm I getting my son's passport. I'm teaching him, him Italian. So I also, have, being half Irish, half Italian, I feel more drawn. My dad was Italian, so I'm drawn towards, like, Italian. So anyways, I, I love the guy, um, even though he's crazy. But, uh, you know, he was talking about... Uh, just all the things that concern me. And, um, you know, this is when I'm really starting to come into my own as a conservative. And it turns out that he needed a documentary and it was the pandemic and I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting around with my camera gear 
And uh, I just started filming him. And um, uh, I filmed him for two years. And uh, he's also an activist. He does art and he does activism. So I, uh, I had filmed him doing all these crazy things. I said, Scott, if, if, if you don't get arrested for my film, I'm not going to have a film. And he actually ended up getting arrested, which is great. So he's got to take <laughs> oh, that, one for the team. Nice of him. I was yeah. just going to say it was nice of him to take one for that team. He is. He ho- I mean, I say he's hilarious, but I know that's not his his intent. He's not going out there seeking to entertain people, right? Like he means what he say, but he just he's hilarious in the fact that he says what so many people want to say or so many people are thinking, but don't really have the courage to to say. And he does the things that people don't have the courage to do. When he was going, he was splashing paint on the sidewalk there. I'm like, yeah, rock on, dude. You know, go. And uh, yeah, and so what, what me, a trip that must have been. Let me, I, I got to tell the audience like exactly what yeah. he is. He's he, what he is. He's probably the, the only conservative artist that ever existed in New York, in my opinion. And my father is an artist, so I know the art world really well. He was totally blacklisted from the art world. He realized that they hate America. <laughs> you know, many of them do, many of them don't. That's a generalization. But, you know, one gallery had an American flag as a doormat you know, to give you an idea. And, um, you know, so he realized this and he went, um, all around the country painting American flags. He's done one on rooftops in every state. He did three tours. So that's 150 American flags that he's painted on rooftops. Uh, he painted the biggest American flag ever on a rooftop in Texas um, I, I don't know how many acres it was, but it was ridiculous. But, um, you know, but he also does very pr- provocative art. And, um, you know, so I, I became really interested. It was a lot of fun following him around the city. Um, so we were going to have a premiere in August. We sold out, ha- you know, most of the theater and, um, a big producer came on board. His name is Julius Nasso, and he uh, he produced all the Steven Seagal movies, pretty much. And um, he uh, he's doing Gambino right now, which is the story of uh, Gambino crime family with you know a bunch of A-listers. And anyway, so he signed on uh, to this film, and his goal is to get it seen to the widest pop- possible audience. And I was totally okay with that because this guy can do a lot more than I can. And he, he lined up some great um, interviews. So this is enough, more advice for your you know aspiring filmmakers out there is, unfortunately, you need names in your movie. Um, you know, if, if people don't recognize the names, no one's going to see it. So you also have to play the game. You have to play the Hollywood game. I'm not overplaying the Hollywood game. I'm just going to play it a little bit differently. And, um, you know, uh, I'm a huge admirer of Clint Eastwood and, you know, uh, John Voight. So our producer got John Voight for the movie. We're going to interview him. Um, and, Perfect. and uh, you know, he the producer also got me Rudy Giuliani. So I went to Giuliani's house and interviewed him. And that was life-changing, you know. And, um 
And, uh, you know, he's, I think we got Frank Stallone, Joe Piscopo. We're going to put them in the movie and, and we're going after Donald Trump eventually. So, you know, once these people are in the movie, um, I'm allowing him to give it to another editor to trim it down to an acceptable length because no one has attention spans anymore. And, uh, once, once these things happen, uh, I feel very hopeful that this guy can get the film out to the audience that needs to uh, that, that needs to see it and there will be another premiere but it will be bigger cool well this time we'll jump on the tickets so we get we get them uh, in time um yeah we yeah, interviewed the VIP. yeah we 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 missed the vip last time so we'll we'll this time we'll be in time and we'll get that first um but yeah we interviewed scott a while ago and he was great just even to interview just because he's he, the intensity that he comes through with that like you could feel it just through the through the screen even so I imagine hanging out with him is sort of next level being around people like that just leave you just leave you fired up like for the rest of the day that, like I don't know what it is I'm gonna thing, do but I'm gonna do it like a badass right <laughs> like if I'm gonna go get a hot dog thing, I'm gonna make that hot dog the best one ever right like whatever it is you're gonna do you're gonna do it he, the, another thing, the reason why I wanted to do it is not just because he's a conservative and, you know, he's nuts, which will look good on film, you know, uh, him yeah. being nuts, doing crazy things, which he did. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he has he has a following, you know, and that's really yeah. important because the hardest thing, you know, when you make a movie is to get an audience. So he already has a built in following. And it's a, it's a big following, you know, so. If he's a celebrity in Staten Island, that's only going to help my movie, you know, and people know him around the country too, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, your dedication to this film and your message and your belief system, I think comes through right then and there because you had to set aside any ego or whatever it was that like your, your hold on that film to sort of hand it off to somebody else with your blessing to come in and work with you to take your baby that you've invested so much of yourself in and now to let somebody else come in and have a hand in that because you believe in it so much. I think that speaks volumes to you, but you're still, you're still involved. You're still interviewing people yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll be, uh, you know, whether I direct the interviews over Skype or zoom or whatever, I'll, I'm still involved. I'm creating the questions and it's just, you know, it's just to get their insight into the movie. But what I, what I was going to say is that, you know, um, the more movies you make, the more you, re you realize that you have a million movies inside of you. So you should never, you should never covet one movie and think that, you know, oh, you know, oh my God, this is, you know, this is my baby. It, it may be your baby, but, you know, if you're good at what you're, you do, you'll know when to say something. When you feel it, you know, your child is being, you know, going astray, you got to, you got to bring it back. And, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of the many, uh, movies, you know, and I'm, I'm right now more interested in, in sort of honing what my conservative values are and trying to find a way to get those into my movies moving forward. You know, I just, I just finished, um, watching father stew uh mark Wahlberg's movie that was a great movie 
I think it's such, I, I think he did such an, first of all, it's bold to do a movie about the deals with religion period. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he also packaged it in a really entertaining way, which is smart. Um, you know, and, and, um, no, I just, I'm really, I'm really inspired by that. You know, I, I'm finding more and more people in Hollywood are sort of admitting that they're, you know, that they believe in God or that, you know, that they're conservative mm-hmm. and, you know, and starting, I'm seeing people come out of the woodworks and stand up, you know, for our country. Yeah. I'm starting to notice that too. And it's really encouraging to me as well. Cause I do know exactly what you said. You need people with platforms like uh, to go, to go out there and speak up for what is right. And to speak up for America's core values, because um, no matter, you know, we can scream it to the rooftops and we have some level of a platform, but you know, we're not Mark Wahlberg. We're not Chris Pratt, you know, and, and all those other people who are finally coming out there and, and speaking out. So it is really, really encouraging to see too. I'd, I'd love to see you all join forces and really just kind of re let's use, I hate the word reimagine that, that it sort of like gives me like a little shudder now because every Democrats want to reimagine everything. They want to reimagine the constitution. They want to reimagine this and that. Right. But I'm going to apply it in a positive word and positive way now. And I hope you all reimagine Hollywood and redesign it to be something for everybody in the truest sense, instead of saying they're for everybody, but really only being for this select kind of unit um, click. I think it's a really exciting, I think it's a really exciting time to be a conservative, especially a conservative in the arts. I mean, you know, even though it feels like our country is, is headed to the, the gutter, you know, but I think that it's a really exciting time because, you know, all this stuff is going on and, and, you know, this is, it's almost like combat camera because, you know, we're at war, you know, I I think with ourselves and, um, you know, but I also feel like that it's a Renaissance, you know, this is, this is like, I, I feel like it's a Renaissance to bring back the American values, which were in so many of the great movies that we've made in the past, you know, I would say from pre jaws, like, you know, like from like the seventies moving back, you know, some of the films in the forties with like Frank Capra, Howard Hawks, you know, when, you know, there was no, you know, no explicit nudity, no explicit language. And, you know, but you knew, like you knew when they were talking in the scene together what they wanted to do with each other, but they never said it and you never see it. You know, it, it was just, it was when there was, we had a lot more class than we do. And I think now is no better time for filmmakers to to bring that back, you know, to where we are. I don't know how it got so led astray, but, you know, everything is so out in the open and laid on the table and it's, it, you know, we, we need to get the subtlety and the suggestion back. That's, you know, yeah. Sometimes less really is more. Sometimes the level of transparency we'll say is a little bit of nice it's enough. Even for me, I'm like, all right, come on. Can we get back to the plot, please? <laughs> you know? And um, I'm not, just, so I'm not coming at it from blend. like a, good, there's a good um, amount to find, right? It's the, it's the sweet spot. I think we've gone way past the sweet spot now in my 
Herself. And it's not like a born again Christian like type right. of way of looking at things. That's not where I'm coming at from all, you know, at all. But it's just more that you know. I think it's just a higher level of art when yeah. it, you know it, everything is suggested. You know, a great film is always in the subtext. You know, what the character, what happened to the characters before, and how that plays into the you know the current story, like. Chinatown is one of the best films for doing that. Like there's so much under the surface and yeah. So it's exciting. I want to do my part to at least, you know, make one, you know, masterpiece like that where I feel like, you know, I've, I've done exactly what I say I want to do. Awesome. So you also do projects that just seem like, like fun too. I didn't know that you did this one project until I was just refreshing myself on y'all yesterday. And I came, came across, was it Semper Fido, your commercial? And I couldn't believe it with Ryan Weaver singing in the background. <laughs> so, and, and I laughed my ass off when I saw that. I'm like, this is just so silly, but so great. So let's uh, sort of roll, roll into the last part of this on a lighter note here. Talk about the sure. just how you get into some of the silly stuff like that and the point, well, I thought it was silly, but in, in a good way. Well, I, you know, the comedies, comedies are some of the, the best to make. And, you know, yeah. you know, so like I, I'm writing, I'm working on a comedy now and there's, there's no, you know, you know what pisses off liberals the most is when we're happiness, fu- <laughs> when we're happy and we're funny. Like I've noticed yes. like, the people that are still friends with me when they come onto my posts, it's it's because of something that's like funny and poking fun, and they like cause humor is just a quicker road to the truth, you know. And so, mm-hmm. I want to do everything possible to be funnier. And you know, I just made that commercial during the pandemic with my dog. You know, I was just messing around <laughs> with my cameras, you know, but. Yeah. But like, and it was a spec commercial. It's not a real commercial. I actually want to do more of those just because they're so ridiculous. But um, it was so ridiculous, especially like I'm hearing Ryan sing in the background. I'm like, what is this? Like all these <laughs> people we know like coming together to do this. And your dog is like perfect in the movie. I don't know. It just, it just made me laugh like unexpectedly. Well, I wasn't expecting to come across them. I, when I, when I was starting out in the industry, I was working in editing on a, showtime tv shows an assistant editor and but i was working with the the producers of this show northern exposure these writer producers and they're really well known they worked on the sopranos and northern exposure and they're they're com they're a husband and wife comedy team and i got being in editing i got to work really closely with them and i you know i would often do the temp voiceover which is not if you're in the editing room, you just record something temporarily and it doesn't make the final thing. You know, it's not going to make the final thing, but someone needs to jump in and do it. So I was doing all those and I was cracking them up on the side and they were like, Chris, you know, we read your script and we really like it, but you're, you're such a funny guy. Why are you so serious all the time? And so I want to do, I want to listen to their advice and do more comedies. Like I made, uh, my brother, I, I made a movie with my brother where he plays my dad and it was about my dad's failed. My dad had millions of failed businesses and one of them was a pasta sauce company. 
And um, my brother plays my dad and my brother's son, you know, plays me essentially. And, um, you know, it was just a, a silly comedy comedy about, you know, failed pasta business, but it was, it was hilarious. And uh, it went to so many festivals. They showed it on Alaska airlines and, you know, it's just, it's a short, so that's as much as it, it can do. But um, it's just proof that, you know, I think people want to laugh. And I know I know, what, I know, I know how to do that. And I want to do it more. Um, yeah. But there will always be a drama once in a while. Yeah. Again, it's the, it's the balance of it all, right? You got to get serious. Right. You got to think and provoke thought and all that. But human spirits and souls, we need to laugh and just kind of yeah. not take ourselves too seriously all the time. So you can find that blend. It's a, yeah. it's a good fit. So Chris, I want to thank you as a, as a gold star wife, someone who I lost my husband in service in 2005, our four kids were six, five, three, and one. We went through several different layers of our own kind of hell trying to recover from that, but I am involved with the veteran community still. And, um, I just want to thank you on behalf of me and my family and a lot of families I know for doing what's right and for being the voice of true Americans, I believe true Americans and the core values that so many people give so much of themselves for. So we look forward to seeing all that comes to supporting your films and your projects the best way we can. Absolutely Relentless Patriot when the next screening uh, comes out and the next premiere comes out, this time we'll jump in first in line uh, to get you there. But anything else that pops up along the way, you ping us and we'll put out to our community. The best I, I am, I am, uh, I should announce and you'll like this. Uh, I'm, okay. my, in, in two months, uh, in November, I'm, uh, directing a music video about uh, gold star mothers. I don't know if you knew that. Um, it's the it's the it, it's a song called uh, "Dear Mom" by Shannon Book, and it's going to honor gold star families, gold star mothers. And uh, I'm really excited about that project because I haven't you know I haven't tackled you know the family. Well, I did, but this is a different you know gold star families, the family side of it you know, and I'm really excited about that. That'll be, that'll be intense. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, you know, if you, uh, if you need any information on that, you want to just get a little behind the scenes on that. I'm happy to, to walk you through some of what it's like from our experience and others. So you have some perspective going in as well. I've already thought um, about sure. reaching out to you about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, there's so many things that people don't see and know. So yeah, I'd be happy to. And I can also connect you. I mean, I'm, I imagine you have connections through that video, whoever wrote the song and all that, but I can, I can give you gold stars, man. I can give you gold stars <laughs> up the wazoo. So you tell me <laughs> what's enough uh, and we'll do it. But yeah, you, that's uh, exactly I'm, what I'm, I'm about to write the script for that and I'll, I'll send it to you. See what you think. Perfect. Perfect. So really, again, thank you so much. Tell people where they can connect with you, follow you, stay up on all your current events and make sure to catch announcements for your premieres and such so they don't miss them. You can follow me at triplemartiniproductions.com, triplemartiniproductions.com. Uh, you'll see, you know, I put all my films up there and it has my social media links and uh, you can also buy some of my films if you feel like doing that too. Perfect. Thank you again so much. Okay, you guys. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.